and the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! Five years later. What the fuck? Oh shit. Tell me about the loneliness of good, He Man. Is it equal? to the loneliness of evil. We have a lot, a lot, a lot to get into. More than a lot. But it's okay, because we have the, the power. power. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. Born on Eternia is my co-host, Jim. Hey, now. Hailing from Snake Mountain, I am Kevin. This is season 13. The lucky number, one, three. Yeah, so we are covering our second Franklin Jella movie. In this one, he doesn't get Bo Callahan. Ah, he got something, all right. He, man, we had a great deal. Oh, I said deal. Oh, he had a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what his deal was for this movie, because God bless him for taking this role. He gives a performance of a lifetime, and as Jim said, in a bit, we'll tell you why he went all out for this role. But first, we have to introduce the movie. We are talking 1987 action movie? Action Superhero fantasy, movie? Super Superhero. Comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind I of, guess there's some shit like uh, Strickland from Back to the Future. There's some laughy parts. Yeah. Lubick. There you go. I am not sure what it is, but it is oh. Masters of the Universe. It's a fucking movie. <laughs> Sometimes called Masters of the Universe, the motion picture. Yeah, because you need to distinguish reality from drawing shit. Masters of the Universe started as a toy line from Mattel in 1982. Then the toys started including mini comics then there were children's books and dc comics before filmation made an animated series in 1983 that ran for 130 episodes until 1985 great run i always called it he-man because the show is based around a character named he-man and his battles against skeletor and i think the animated series actually was called he-man in the masters universe and throughout those 130 episodes not once did he-man physically harm or kill a baddie Nope. He'd throw them in a barrel or whatever. If you want to know more about Masters of the Universe, I would suggest heading over to Netflix and checking out the Masters of the Universe episode of The Toys That Made Us. Yeah. Really good. I'm going to get it out of the way and say that this movie <laughs> barely resembles the franchise in any way, except for character names and like vague resemblances. That's about it. However, it wasn't always intended to be that way. An early script had the movie actually taking place at least partially on Eternia and Snake Mountain and explaining that He-Man's mom was from Earth. So the Peter Quill Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Okay. But the later scripts that went, they basically were like, that's all out the way 
window because fuck it, right? And Golden Globus comes in yeah. with that cheap money. Yes. The movie was directed by Gary Goddard, who is a frequent collaborator of Brian Singer. And Goddard, like Singer, had multiple accusations of sexual assaulting young actors and videotaping it. He's Dan Schneider. In 2017, Anthony Edwards came forward that Goddard began a pattern of molesting and raping him for years, starting when Edwards was 12 years old. A gigantic fuck you to Goddard. He doesn't deserve for the audience to know what else he worked on. He's still alive? I don't know. I hope not. Fuck that guy. Production was a bit cursed. Mattel was supposed to front half of the production budget, you think? but failed to do so. It shows. Well, failed to do so on time, I should say. And production ran out of money before the film was complete, forcing the director to front the money himself to finish the film. It's like that thing from Eddie Izzard's comedy special where he walks in and goes, what the fuck is this, guys? Yeah. Hello. What's with the hats, please? <laughs> there are lots of contractual things, and maybe rightfully so, but Mattel was very controlling how He-Man was depicted. Goddard wanted to have Dolph Lundgren's dialogue dubbed over by a voice actor, but he couldn't do that contractually. In the end, they re-recorded Dolph Lundgren doing the dialogue and then dubbed it over his original dialogue. Follow them! They must have a doorway to Eternia! Are you all right? They're gone now. You're safe. You're safe. Do you understand? Okay. Now, I know you've been through a great deal. But I need your help. He sounds like Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. It's bad. No offense to Lou. I love Lou. Met Lou a couple times. All right, Yim. (laughs) There was a Mattel contest where the winner got to appear in the film, except they didn't announce a winner until the movie was almost complete and hence (laughs) pretty much out of money. Uh, so the contest winner was cast as Skeletor's minion pig boy who holds Skeletor's staff. At that point, it seems like someday they'd be like, here's a, here's a toy. Here's a He-Man toy. Yes. Thank you. Here's an autographed He-Man toy. Great. Uh, Jim, how did Mattel's contest contribute to the success of Masters of the Universe? Please give us budget and box office along with news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Masters of the Universe, or as the cool kids say, Motu. You got to keep everything small. Motu, have to. Came out on the 7th of August, 1987. Ladies that would have been gentlemen. way better. Sorry to interrupt, but the way better movie at Rookie of the Year if uh, Chad Stedman went out to the mound and he was like, Henry, you got to have Motu. <laughs> He-Man. He pulls out a fucking Motu face. Triclops. Man in arms. Beast Man. Beast Man. What the hell was he saying? What was I saying? Motu. <laughs> Motu. Had a $22 million budget, and it shows, especially with that hoverboard scene or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Holy shit, was that awful? I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, so a lot of this was like, wow. Made $17.3 million to the Whoa. box office. Bombed. I bet you, because kids showed up and goes, I love He-Man. I have the toys. It's going to be just like it. Within two minutes, who the fuck is this guy? He's not Orko. I think there's a pretty good chance this was the first movie I saw in theaters. Because really? my dad took me to see this. And I mean, I was born in December 83. So, I mean, I that doesn't even make any sense. I wish I could remember what the first movie I saw in theaters So I would were. have been how old? When was this released? This was August 7th, 87. 
So I would have been like three, three and, and a half. half. Uh, yeah. I mean, so what a da- bad first memory it is. So my, I, but I do remember my dad brought me to this movie and I don't remember anything about being in the theater. Don't remember anything about seeing you remember the movie. what theater. I think it was in the plaza where like far more used to so be movies, eight movies, eight. Okay. So yeah, I would have saw it at movies eight. And then I remember after the movie, my aunt Martha bought me a new He-Man figure, which I don't know. I don't remember which figure but i remember it was like probably wasn't in the movie it probably wasn't in the movie hopefully it was like moss man but it was she like gave me the figure and i remember being like stoked on that but yeah this was probably the first movie oh my dad always was the one that got stuck taking me a movie so like my dad took me to d2 nice my dad took me to wayne's world 2 okay <laughs> masters of the universe you guys probably could have seen master of the universe 2 i wish yeah, coming out of that purple sludge he came out of. Skeletor, that is. But if you went to this movie and were disappointed, like many of us are here in 2023, you convince your parents to go to a video store and rent something proper. Here were your top movies at National Video. You're guaranteed a better buy at National Video. Kevin, over the top. Nice. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. Fantastic. And finally, The Color of Money. Incredible. Fucking great lineup. It's going to wow. make up for the shit you just watched the movies eight for well, a buck we've 25. talked about this for the pool scene podcast for my money 1987 the powerhouse year it's got to be as good as it gets for like us i can't remember what number we're up to in 87 i think we've might have covered close to 10 movies in 87 yeah. it's a powerhouse year incredible it's awesome it's hit after hit then this one hit but whatever two big things as a kid 1987 you came out the video game crash you get that nintendo entertainment system two big launch games came out and here's one of them the legend of zelda watch zelda become a legend on your nintendo entertainment system zelda Legend of Zelda, a never-ending adventure new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! And of course, Tektites. Funny thing about that, talking about the Tektites in that commercial, in the actual instruction booklet, I'll never forget, it said you would have to talk to the Tektites to kill them. Here's the thing, folks. In 1983, the Nintendo Entertainment Cinnamon in Japan. So I thought you said Cinnamon. Cinnamon. The Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment Cinnamon. I love Nintendo Which, they came out with cereal, why not Cinnamon? That would have been delicious. In 1983, they had the Famicom in Japan. The second remote had a microphone and a speaker in it. So you were able to kill the tech-type creatures using the second controller. Over here, you could not. So you had to fashion like an old man lathe or something like that out of a sword in Zelda. But speaking of something... An old man fashioning a kayak out of a log. Speaking of Wayne's World 2... The second game that came out is one of my personal favorites, but man, it is a mess. You can't understand what the hell it's trying to tell you to do, but the soundtrack was great. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. You left him for dead in Konami's Castlevania. How foolish to presume he perished without leaving a curse. For now, in Simon's Quest for Nintendo, fate stalks your very being, and you need more than clues from cowardly villagers to survive when day turns into night. But just keep telling yourself it's only a video game. It's only a... Huh? 
care what anybody says. I kind of have a, a nice place in my heart for Simon's Quest because I would play that game so much as a kid. I don't understand what they're doing. I figured out the cheat code to go I love all the way. All of those games. Great. I, mean, I love spooky shit. And it's just like it's great. Yeah, it's just- but the thing about that game that was kind of frustrating was the day night cycle was quite quick. Yeah. And then the enemies were so much stronger at night. And if you don't have the flame whip, you're screwed. Plus, mm-hmm. they have the disappearing blocks, all that other fun stuff. But you had to find out the hard way. But the one thing you never had to have a doubt about, the one thing that was always there for you on Tuesday nights, nine o'clock, ABC, the best theme song in television history, Corson and Larry, Balky Bartokomos, Don't Be Ridiculous, Perfect Strangers on ABC. <laughs> was the biggest shout out TV show in this time, August of 1987. I used to love Perfect Strangers growing up. I, I thought you'd really get a kick out of that whole uh, angle in the leftovers with the Perfect oh, Strangers. Oh, dude. When the theme song was literally the Perfect Strangers song and Mark Lynn Baker's in it, <laughs> who literally is Mark Lynn Baker yeah, and it's Perfect himself. Strangers. Fucking mind blowing. It, I think he was only in it for what, three episodes? Yeah, I think so. But man, when that fucking credit scene, I had a <laughs> smile from ear to ear. Oh, I was on cloud nine. Another man that was always on cloud nine and is in our hearts forever. Mr. Kurt Loader, MTV News. Shout it out. Season 13. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. MTV Europe launches with Elton John throwing the switch to starting the channel. Kevin, do you want to take a guess of what the first music video was on MTV Europe what television? Was the year? 1987. Now, remember, the first one we had in 81 was Video Kill the Radio Star by the Buggles. What do you think in 1987 was the first video played on MTV Europe? Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. No. And if that would have happened, it would have sank the whole network. <laughs> dire Straits, money for nothing. So that, that kind of makes sense. It tracks. Yeah. Because even though that wasn't the first video on MTV, that was like the iconic MTV I video. Want my MTV. Gotta move these microwave ovens. Kevin, something polar opposite of money for nothing, but one guy who ended up getting a lot for a lot of things that he did, known as the Angel of Death. All right. Donald Harvey of Toledo is sentenced to 28 consecutive life sentences and don't forget about this, the $270,000 in fines for the poisoning deaths of 37 people. However, he also confessed to killing 50, possibly more. He was eventually beaten to death by his cellmate. Good on him. who was also serving a life sentence. So what are you going to do? Kevin, reading on this Donald Harvey guy, crazy enough, we might have to do a future pool crimes episode on Yeah, Good old Don Harvey, the angel of death george michael welcome to season 13 sports the angel of sports we go from death to the angel of sports to the angel of the ace of fades (laughs) we went past a barbershop on our way a barbershop in a bowling alley in an old bowling alley because i don't think the bowling alley exists we had to go to an alternate wing place because for some reason the wing place we love to go to is closed the day after the fourth of july whatever we ended up seeing a barbershop called the ace of fades which come on i mean it's got to be the best ever 
And if they're not playing fucking Motorhead in there, be very upset. If you need a haircut. I'll tell you what to get. You win some, lose some. It's all a game to me. One man who did love Motorhead, George Michael. George, what's up? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. And for the first time ever in this history of the podcast, I'm going to throw it to George Michael himself doing this next story. The Smoking Gun Award to Joe Negro. Joe, we caught you. Did you see that? Hey, uh, what, me? Uh, how, where did that come? I done, well, I was just filing my nails on it, umpire. Uh-oh, they caught you, Joe. You're going to be in for heavy penance. It just goes to show you that cheaters never proved. Isn't that what you say? Cheaters never proved? I don't know. As George just said, Twins pitcher Joe Negro is caught with a file on yeah. the mound in 11-3 win versus the California Angels, ejected and suspended for 10 games. The most unsmooth of trying to hide it. And then seven days later, another pitcher gets caught with shit in his pocket. It's like, come on, man. And that is literally the most ridiculous, like, you didn't see anything. Woof. It's funny how, how far baseball has come, though, because, like, you know, they used to just cheat by putting jizz on their hands or <laughs> glue or whatever and make the curveball, you know, cut harder. And Guys then, probably did jack off on the ball. Oh, or sure. Got Eddie Harris. On their hands. Oh, yeah. Vagisil, hair grease, Bird whatever. All. And then, uh, but now you have like the Astros cheating scandal. People are banging on trash cans, drumming on streetlights. They're thinking big. That means nothing to you because you probably didn't watch Doug. I saw like an episode. Okay. So there's, that's a song from Doug. But now like when the Guardians, I think are currently playing the, the Braves and there are a lot of people that are outwardly accusing the Braves of cheating. So I don't know. Baseball. I'm sorry. There's probably a lot of baseball fans out there. I'm not really no, r- 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 much care. of a baseball Cheat, fan whatever. anymore. Yeah, whatever. Have juice them all up. Let's get crazy get ready for the enhanced games in 2024 i want to watch it kevin and i are going to cover it here on the podcast it's going to be amazing let's see guys get like a 100 meter dash in 6.2 seconds be interesting to see like what if like an athlete got busted for being clean <laughs> they're like get us clean ass out of here we don't want any of you fuckers we here. gotta test you to see what you had in your system oh you're clean you're banned this is clean he's banned he's not making the uh, juiced well, games that all commercial i sent you with a guy claiming he beat usain bolts yeah. i was like there's no way this guy got faster than Usain Bolt. I don't think so either. I think what's Usain Bolt's world record? 9.39? There's no way. No, the only thing in my opinion, track and field stuff like that, it's natural. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the juicing is going to, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I just think that's a natural ability. Maybe juicing allows aids in your training and Johnson helps you a little bit, but like, but weightlifting recovery, you know, I want to see an enhanced guy throw a shot put. Yeah. Shot put stuff like that yes Let's that see stuff's it. gonna like make a difference, but like bobsled, juiced bobsled versus regular bobsled, I think it's gonna be the same. <laughs> I would love to see juiced bobsled. Like I want to see the juiced world record. Like I want to see JWR East Germany well, four seconds in a movie we may cover soon. Cool Runnings. There's kind of a juiced bobsled. He put the the weights in the front of it. That actor who plays the East German guy, worst German accent <laughs> ever. How you doing, Jamaica? <laughs> One guy who was awesome, never juiced. I don't think so. Number one song in America from Beverly Hills Cop 2, Shakedown Bob Seeger. Shakedown, breakdown, take down everybody wants you to crowd life. Breakdown, take down your bus stand. 
I don't think he juiced, but I bet he did something. I bet he did a lot of other. Booger sugar, maybe? A little uh, cocaine? And the number one movie in America, The Living Daylights, Timothy Dalton's first John into the role as James Bond, bringing down a cool $18.5 million at the box office, making it one of the most successful Bond openings ever at the time. I like uh, Nobody Does It Better. Goldfinger. I like Yep. Skyfall. Personally, my favorite is A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Yeah. This one came right on after it, which is a hell of a back-to-back line. Skyfall's great. I prefer Moonfall, my rendition of the Skyfall theme. It's even <laughs> better, catchier. Halle Berry's in it. Kevin, welcome to season 13. We are here, pool sceners. Let's get crazy. Pull that sword out. Pretend you're not Prince Adam. Just have all your friends call you fucking He-Man. Yeah! I think anybody ever does uh, bedroom stuff to He-Man. What do you mean? I have the power. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know. If I took blue chew, I would do it. I'd put on like a like a shield or something. Yeah. Not a condom. Uh, <laughs> you saw a commercial where the thinnest bearskin condom ever. Weirdest At that point, commercial. don't wear one. There's fucking a tree in it. At one point, it's weird. Yeah. Masters of the Universe wasn't solely responsible, but contributed to the closure of Canon Films. Before that, Canon had a script for a sequel titled Masters of the Universe 2 Revenge of the Beast. I don't know what that would have been. In the sequel, Skeletor returned to Earth and inhabited the body of a businessman named Dark, the head of Dark Industries. They probably spelled it like D-A-R-K-H. Probably. To make him look more evil. He-Man took on a disguise as a professional football quarterback to track uh. down Skeletor. Dolph Lundgren said he was approached during filming to sign on for the sequel and turned it down. They planned on replacing Dolph with pro surfer Laird Hamilton. Who what a deep cut. I think would have been an improvement over Dolph Lundgren. Looks a lot more like animated He-Man. Yes. The whole thing was abandoned when Canon couldn't pay Mattel's licensing fees. There were costumes and sets already completed, which then got used on the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg. Now I have to watch Cyborg. Yeah. Basically, there's a pocket of the internet that calls Cyborg Masters Universe 2 Cyborg. How would you feel if you're Dolph Lundgren? They put you aside. Hey, Dolph, you know, good performance. They should have made Jean-Claude Van Damme He-Man. They would probably have him redub his fucking voice too. He would have had to do splits and shit. Like, would you, if you were Dolph Lundgren, knowing you went through all that, knowing it's a shit movie, your voice isn't good enough. Well, can you just come in and re-record? I never like when people are ungrateful. This movie's a pile of shit. I get that. Yeah. But like, I never like when people are ungrateful. You signed on for this. Yeah. You didn't have much of a career when you did this. I mean, all he had before this was Rocky Four. Yeah. And that's how he got this gig. So, yes. So like, I I just wish he wasn't ungrateful. I wish he was like, it it sucked, but it was a a fun part of my life or something. We're, We're also talking about the Dolph Lundgren who went on in the future to star in Kindergarten Cop 2 that we covered. Yeah. All right. Let's power into the plot. You got to help me with this because I'm not sure. I'm not... (laughs) Although it doesn't last long, our movie begins on the planet Eternia, where Skeletor has taken control of He-Man's Castle Grayskull, which apparently is the center of all power in the universe. Here's the thing that I always wondered as a kid. Castle Grayskull is the babyface yeah. area for He-Man, the forces of good 
What a bad name. Oh, yeah. To and name it's, castle. And it's a dingy skull castle. And I remember going into it as a kid, confused, like, which one's the bad one? Is yeah. it Gray Skull or Snake Mountain? I don't know. Yeah. No, Gray Skull definitely looks gnarly. Do I want the purple or the green? What do I yeah. want? So in the castle, Skeletor has captured the sorceress and basically has a scheme to take her power. And apparently the sorceress has the overriding power of the goodness of Eternia. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah she's kind of like a cheat code. Character. Yeah. She basically is. She's the contract code in opposition to Skeletor are He-Man his buddy Man-at-Arms Man-at-Arms daughter Tila and this crew has rescued a locksmith named Gwildor who invented something called the Cosmic Key great which can open portals to anywhere using music notes great Japanese synthesizer it is the most unique key in the universe the tones it generates can open a doorway to anywhere anywhere exactly one simply computes gravitonic tones for a specific destination, activates the energizer, and, and that's how Skeletor's troops got into the city and surprised us. Yes. Yes. I'm afraid so. You little worm. Skeletor was able to get inside Castle Grayskull because his second in command, Evil Lynn, stole the cosmic key. I love that actress. She's always played good roles. Mm -hmm. He-Man and his pals are in luck, though, because Gwildor still has the prototype cosmic key. So, uh, hey, how convenient. I'm going to throw it out there right now. I know you're describing a pod. I fucking hate Gwildor. I do, too. I I fucking hate him. There's no point of him. Can't stand the the prosthetics on his face because his mouth doesn't move right. He looks like he should be in Troll. Did they use Troll 1? That's what, it's Troll 2 quality costume. It's bad quality. We love Billy Barty. He was in Body Slam. They all get their asses kicked at Grayskull by Skeletor's army of Star Wars stormtroopers. So Gwildor opens a portal, which transports them to 1987 California, USA Earth. When they come through the portal, they don't know where the cosmic key went. The key has been activated. Lock onto the signal. It's close, above 10 metrons. You want to see what that thing does? Press the red button down at the bottom. What, this one's... Oh! Holy smokes. What are you, magician? How do you stop this? What's a kid like you doing with something like that, huh? Oh, come on. It's my instrument. This drives the plot for the next while. He-Man and his friends, the masters of the universe, search for it. Evil Lynn sends her reservoir dogs, Sorod, Blade, Beast Man, and Karg to Earth to find it. Karg looks like the Long Island medium. So right now, I'm in Lebanon, Tennessee. And I'm getting ready to surprise Alex's family and friends with a group reading. He has a <laughs> Teresa Caputo. He has a Jersey Shore blowout. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But Kevin finds it. Not me, but the boyfriend of Julie and an aspiring musician. They find it in a bush. He thinks it's a musical instrument. At a cemetery. Yes. Also in here, a cop named Lubick gets involved because of all the hijinks. Basically, they all have control of the key temporarily before it gets taken back by Skeletor, whatever. Skeletor says enough bullshit, bitches, and he makes an appearance on Earth where he mortally wounds Julie before He-Man surrenders in order to save his friend. Pretty shitty mortal wound. It is. Just got hit in the leg with a lightning lightning. bolt. Yeah. Skeletor takes He-Man with him. On Earth, Kevin helps Gwildor fixed the cosmic key. Why did you tell me you were a song maker? Are you a master? Yes, yes, you are. I I know that. (laughs) 
That's why the fates brought us here. The final chord, Kevin. 20 Metron's pole words. Pull it out of the air for us. Look, you've got the wrong song maker, Gwildor. All right, I'm just a stupid keyboard player in a high school band. There's a million of me. Only one of you, Kevin. Only one of anybody. Listen to me, boy. In half a chroma, we're not going to have a sorceress to go home to. So if you know how to do something with that thing, then you do it. Gwildor, Kevin knows the tones. Can you get us home or can't you? Yes. Yes, I think I can. Along with Kevin and Gwildor, the whole crew go to Eternia, even Lubick, because like he sees them trying to do this and he's like, hey, what's going on here? And It's going to fuck up the time consuming. He's yeah. supposed to be the principal of Hill Valley High School. Exactly. And they bring Julie because the sorceress may be able to save her, but they have to save the sorceress first. He-Man has a final battle with Skeletor. He offers Skeletor mercy, but Skeletor refuses. Skeletor. It's over. Yes. For you. And then he's forced to kick his skeleton ass into a seemingly <laughs> endless pit Star Wars style. So the most underwhelming it's, death it's, slash victory pose ever. The sorceress is freed. She heals Julie, who returns back to Earth with Kevin. Live the journey. For every destination is but a doorway to another. Good job. Good job. You look after it now. I will. This happens much sooner in the movie, but I saved it until now. Julie's parents had died in a plane crash. She always blamed herself. Oh, this fucking plot is so bad. For a plane crash. So when Julie and Kevin return to Earth through the portal, not only are they back on Earth. They went back in time. They went back in time to the morning of the plane crash, and Julie prevents her parents from getting on the plane. By stealing her tickets and keys, and what, she just throw away, throw them away? Like There's so much more that needs explained. Why, real briefly, we need to bring up the fact that when they go to the cemetery at the very beginning, Kevin is like, it's not your fault. Plane crashes happen all the time. It's just like, yeah. it's just so casual like ah fucking there's a couple other people that died sure post credit scene shows Skeletor emerging from the pit to say I'll be back I'll be back <laughs> um let's get into characters Kevin just so you know that Kevin in the movie he helped do the cosmic key by playing cosmic keyboard wow <laughs> I had to. Dolph Lundgren is He-Man. I'm here, Ivan Drago. Frank Langella is Skeletor. So Langella said that when offered the role, he didn't even blink. He couldn't wait to play him because he had a four-year-old son at the time who was a gigantic fan of He-Man. How fucking awesome of a so dad that is. So his son would run around the house saying, I have the power and by the power of Grayskull and carrying the toys around. So, so Langella is like, hell yeah, I'm on board, man. Courtney Cox as Julie Winston. Mind blown. 
Barry Livingston is Charlie. James Tolkien is Detective Hugh Lubick, as Jim said, Back to the Future. Christina Pickles as Sorceress. Great name. Pickles. Meg Foster is Evil Lynn. Chelsea Field is Tila. She's married to Scott Bakula. Yeah, was, it's in my notes. And has kind of a cool filmography. Skin Deep, Death Spa, Last Boy Scout, Andre. Good stuff. That's why she looked familiar, Skin Deep. John Cipher as Man at Arms. Billy Barty as Gwildor. Robert Duncan McNeil as Kevin Corrigan. Tom Paris. Anthony DeLongis as Blade. Tony Carroll as Beastman. Poor bastard. Pons Mar as Sorod. That's a name. Robert Towers as Karg, also known as Long Island Medium. <laughs> Peter Brooks as Narrator. Where was there a narrator? I don't remember. Their... Maybe it's beginning. But I, I, I might have fucking And then out. Richard Sponder as Pig Boy, which again was a contest winner. Which actor or actress gives passable performance? Uh. <laughs> it's it's Frank it's Langella. Langella. Where is your strength? Where is it gone? Look at your precious sorceress. An old crone, weak, withering, dying. Are you ready to kneel now, proud warrior? The moon rises to its apex. Do you hear? Huh? The Alpha and the Omega. Death and rebirth. And as you die, so will I be reborn. Also, shout out to Man in Arms, because at the very beginning of this movie, Man in Arms is completely obsessed with eating. Yeah. He's constantly hungry. He is the Roman Pierce <laughs> of the Masters of the Universe universe. I love Man at Arms. Old soldier learns to follow his nose. Oh, Father, you're always hungry. I'm not always hungry. Hey, man. You got something to eat up in there? We hungry. Looks very old. I love that that's what it would be called. Masters of the Universe Universe. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Motu Universe. Motu Uni. Franklin Jella. So the quote I set up top, he just improvised that to himself. He like improvised a bunch of these lines himself. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to like, I'm going all Did out. Did Langella, I haven't looked and maybe you can look real quick, Kevin. Did he have a big cinema background? Like, did he have a lot of like big movies before this? Because I'm having a hard time remembering. He started acting going back to 1960. Whoa, okay. So he had been in everything, basically. He had done a lot of theater. Okay. A lot of theater. But yes, he, going back, was in a ton of stuff, mostly on stage. Like okay. Said, well, yeah, and he started in film in 1970. So, yeah, he had definitely had a very large... CV resume, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Going back. He was uh, White House Chief of Staff Bob Alexander and Dave. Dave. Hell yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's... Uh, find out which scenes made a splash this is difficult oh, because god we were texting about this and we were like there's no i don't there's the fewest i think there's been in any movie we've ever watched kevin i was able to pull two out of it my first one i forced myself to write three oh, i technically wrote three but i, I kind of just already talked about it skeletor becoming super skeletor Which is insane. And it felt like a Transformers moment. Great outfit. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Why did they release a figure for that? 
I'm shocked that they did. They give you fucking Gwildor. So when Skeletor, basically he has his power, the sorceress's power, and he steals He-Man's power. And that makes him like the master of death, whatever it is. And he ends up getting this like insane, like gold, gold. like almost looks Egyptian. It. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Pretty awesome. The polar opposite of the black cape and everything he used to it wear. It lasts for 30 seconds. They spent all that money on that Making outfit. Making that suit. And then He-Man like kicks him, kicks the power out of him or whatever and then like he just it like fades away it's like a wizard of oz special effects. and that dolph lundgren bad dubbed voice of his own voice i don't know how he made his voice sound worse in an overdub well but he did i want to hear the original to know like does how it bad sound like hercules sounded, in new know. york <laughs> but here's again like i said it's the most underwhelming death scene slash victory scene from he-man because i've never seen anybody say i have the power more underwhelming after you just killed skeletor i have the power hey i got it power yeah <laughs> I have Gwildor opens a portal that transports them to Earth, specifically California. Killer? Mmm. Good food. Yes! I've never tasted anything like it. Mm. I wonder why they put the food on these little white sticks. Those are rib bones. You mean this used to be an animal? Mm-hmm. Oh, t- oh, what a barbaric world. Never think while you're hungry. I think we've wasted enough time. The best parts of this movie are the parts of the movie that aren't associated with Masters of the Universe. What does that tell you? Right, exactly. So they like end up at this like uh, drive-in diner type place. They should have just called the movie Universe Guy and His Friends. so weird. (laughs) Because that's what it is. But like for some reason it triggers something in me that I always really enjoyed. So one of my favorite scenes in a movie growing up for a long time was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they bring Genghis Khan and Billy the Kid yeah. and all of them to the mall and they're all just like like Joan of Arc's teaching the aerobics class and Napoleon whatever like I love Genghis Khan in the Dunhams I need some help. I got a live one here. And he hit, he <laughs> knocks the mannequin's yeah, head off the baseball. That. That's sort of what this chimes into. It's like we have Gwildor and Man at Arms and Leela. In a at, bush. At, in a bush at a at a uh, drive-in <laughs> at a Swenson's. At a, at a fucking red bar. Yeah. And then Tila has the audacity to go, oh, they eat animal flesh yeah. here? What the fuck do you eat? What are you guys eating on each You vegans? What are you? Pescatarians? They probably have magic food. (laughs) (laughs) My last one, and it's a quote. Nobody takes pot shots at Lubick. Somebody tell me what the hell's going on around here. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone or something. Lubick, this is for real, all right? Just get out. Hey! Nobody takes pot shots at Lubick. All right, Picos, you want to play games? Let's play Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's Strickland. He literally plays a form of Strickland. He in does. Every movie he every ever movie. Plays. He just is the exact same character. He thinks he knows it all. He tries to be hot shit. He tries to control every situation. And in the end, he looks like a fucking idiot. He had to have done or he's 92. But like you think he probably missed the boat being so old by because like people would go see him in conventions. Yeah. Get their Back to the Future signed and stuff. I would, I would like to see convention with him in man of action tom atkins yeah that'd, that'd be, be a great. good back-to-back so he's in top gun he plays stinger hell yeah he's, he's at the beginning the same thing yeah masters universe same thing ba- uh, back to the future back same to the thing. future same thing i mean pretty much everything he's in 
Same thing. He plays the bald, angry man. He did play a character in uh, Dick Tracy, but you'd never recognize him. That's a good point. Because they had all that fucked up prosthetics they spent money on. So someone said, <laughs> Dick Tracy, they should reboot it with Josh Brolin. And I'm like, ooh. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Give me that. I, I would take that. And since we covered Dick Tracy... I hope it would be somewhat better. But quick question, top of my head, Dick Tracy or Master of the Universe? Which one do you watch again? Yeah, I would agree. Dick Tracy. Yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up with a huge fondness for Dick Tracy. Yeah, I kind of had more of a huge fondness. And I I will get to that later, but like, I think part of the reason I had reacted so adversely to master of the universe is just because like they just completely fucking ruined it. See, this wasn't even a fine movie. No, it wasn't. It, it was wasn't half like, Well, it's fun, but it has nothing to do with master of the universe. Everything about it's bad. There are dumb fun movies. Yes. This is a dumb movie, but yeah, it doesn't have, it doesn't try to stick to the source material. You have such a huge litany, a cornucopia of source material. Well, why do you barely touch it? You know what else I compare this to? is like the Mortal Kombat movies. Okay. I didn't think the 90s Mortal Kombat movies were that bad because of like who they were for. But like I did feel like they missed the boat by like not giving you the character backgrounds and stuff. But at least they were more but closer at least to the source yes, material. Yes, And then when you watch that Mortal Kombat movie from a couple years ago. Yeah, from the pandemic stuff. That was awesome. It was badass. And so with Masters Universe, you have, you know, 100 and what I say, 150 episodes of a 130 episodes of cartoon you've got six series of actually not up to that point you didn't have six but like give us show us and we should see every single character that the simple shit for. they could have used some sort of even if it was a rock version of the animated series theme song yes give me something yeah you walk into this as a kid you're like it says it's he-man this isn't fucking he-man i don't know who these people are they selected like a of select few characters gave us some new characters they just didn't pull it off and they only made a figure of one of them. Gwildor. No, they made all figures for Blade oh. and for Sorod. Okay. The Sorod figure looks like the main character from Small Soldiers. Oh, really? It looks real fucking weird. That's uh, pretty cool. I have Kevin taking the cosmic key to the music store. Thanks a lot, Charlie. You know, uh, I'll talk here. to you later. Come back here. What? Where'd you get that? You want to sell it? No, no, look, I don't want to sell it. Charlie, I found this at Laurelwood. Man, you would not believe it. It was like, it was lying in this huge crater, you know? I don't know. I was just hoping you knew something about it. Weird. So they intercut this scene with like, so everyone's like kind of separated looking for the cosmic key. He man like saves Julie intercut with like Kevin playing the cosmic key at the music store uh, is he man like basically catch off camera catching julie up to like everything and she's just like okay sure yeah we're good you're from eternia all right uh there's yeah. a, a magic key and sure we're, we're all good here cool i i've never seen somebody who went through that much trauma knowing that there are people from outer space on her planet shooting lasers at her yeah and she's just sitting there all calm with he man this is my friend he man we're gonna help him and his friends what do you think about that Robert Duncan McNeil. I got a Japanese synthesizer. Fuck off. What are we doing? God, this is a master of the universe. This is Pete and his buddies playing space shit. Uh, and then last I have when Skeletor rides the aircraft through the portal to earth. Looks so bad. Probably half the movie's budget went to that one shot though. Oh. I mean, this is the beginning of the final third of the movie. <laughs> it's just like Skeletor's like finally like, all right, I'm going to get off my ass. I'm coming to earth. <laughs> Listen, that scene when they're on the roof of the building and He-Man just turns himself in. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. Instead of Skeletor 
flying the fuck yeah. away. It's like a slow elevator yeah. lowering. It's like, boy, real threatening there, pal. <laughs> Ding. Uh, so the payoff from that scene, which ultimately culminates with this Jim said, I got the power. And then, <laughs> yay. And then Hans Grubering Skeletor into the pit, God. which is basically like the same shot. Like when Skeletor's falling, it's very much like Hans Gruber a little bit. Could you imagine Alan Rickman as Skeletor? I'm okay oh, with that. So- Alan Rickman is a man in arms. There you go. Fucking A, man. <laughs> Fucking A-Man. That's a good play. New <laughs> All right. Let's uh, no pool in this one. I don't think. Uh, the, no. California, but there's no pool, but Skeletor falls into pink goo. All right, kids. Uh, this is my buddy. His name's He-Man. Apparently he has no first name. It's He-Man. First name, last name. This is Tila. Apparently it's his daughter. Tila at arms. Tila at arms. Uh, no, that's his name. It's not Jack or Bill. It's Man at arms. What are we watching? Master Universe? Yeah. <laughs> If He-Man married Tila, which I don't know if they're supposed to be a thing, would her name become Tila Man? Since it's He-Man, it's He and Tila Man. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Tila Man. I think I. Uh, that sounds like a rapper. Or it could be hyphenated uh, Man that Arms Dash Man. So something better about the Masters of the Universe franchise or Masters of the Universe universe, as Jim coined it, are the action figures. Oh, they're amazing. So we're gonna do the top five Masters of the Universe action figures. The big guy with the muscles. Here's He Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Skeletor is his enemy. He-Man, He-Man. If He Man, Skeletor, and Castle Grayskull, you have to put the castle together. You're doomed, He Man. Oh, yeah? Watch this action, Dad. Now I have the power. He Man and Skeletor each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. Which I went all Mattel, but I guess some of those later ones. Yeah, they kind of did like a revival in the 90s. Oh, were pretty cool. Like there were some later ones. So I didn't even think about those. But so sort of like the Ninja Turtles, the figures started out pretty straightforward. So your Series 1, you had your He-Man, your Skeletor, nothing crazy. Orko. Yeah. And then by the end, let's get totally nuts. off the rails. Like Ninja Turtles completely fucking bonkers like uh what's that pizza guy ninja turtle that was uh pizza face i think was his uh, name ray filet was yeah one. they're nuts yeah so sort of like that so we're gonna select our top five favorites i'll go first with my number five I'm going stinkor yeah series four it's 19- a lot of shit though series four 1985 stinkor never appeared in either he-man or the she-ra cartoons we didn't talk about she-ra which was the the girls the girls version spinoff version of he-Man. Is it He-Man's sister or cousin or something like that? I'm surprised they didn't put her in this movie as just like an employee of the Burger Shack. Uh... <laughs> Filmation thought Stinkor was just too dumb. But like how? Because I mean, like you look at a character like Buzz Off and he's fine. Yeah. But Stinkor is too far. He was a skunk man with orange underwear and orange boots. He kind of looked like series one Merman. I can see that. But with just a different paint job. What do they call that when they swap color palette swap? It's a, it's a fit. Yeah. It's a palette swap. It's a color swap. To make money, it's to maximize your molds. Right. And and he man. So until the later series, most He-Man figures were the exact same body. Yeah. Skeletor, He-Man. Same muscle structure. They were all the same body with different heads. But did Stinkor actually, wasn't it one of the things that he actually did smell? You take him out of the 
package. Okay, see, that's a cool gimmick. He gets shit on way too much, that figure. Sure. I don't know why. My number five, and this character had seven different variations, it seemed. I'm going with the Hurricane version of Hordak. Okay. 1986, part of the Evil Horde Alliance. That was another offshoot brand for Masters of the Universe. You know, let's capitalize on the mini comics and stuff like that. As the animated series was going away, they were putting all their lore and everything into the mini comics with each figure. The Evil Horde set pretty fucking awesome set with the vehicles were great but yeah hordak was like hordak hurricane hordak he had another hordak well, yeah there were different variants yeah but i just uh the look i love the look of hordak it kind of looks like an independence day alien yeah a couple years ago i got rid of my masters of the universe collection but i had a hordak but i don't know which one it was because there yeah. were literally so many There's a ton of them my number four, Trapjaw. Okay. Just because oh, yeah. his color combo was like pretty rad. He was this like blue teal sort of color, a hot pink helmet, and then he had like fluorescent green face and fluorescent green accessories. He was basically like what? He was like a tow truck hybrid. Pretty much what he, he was. He had like a metal jaw and he had like, he came with all these different accessories you could swap on and off. He was 1983. He was from series two. I like that, man. Th- these figures are so imaginative at the time and like when you watch the toys that made us you just they were like throwing darts at a wall basically he literally would just give him sketch after sketch after sketch go does this one work nah nah okay work on this one yeah so my next one is cyclone sy dash k-l-o-n-e 1985 part of the heroic warriors he's a basic figure once again another palette swap Mm -hmm. it's a he-man clearly is but you go ahead and make the legs and the arms blue and red he has this like medallion in the middle of his chest and his hair has a red headband but it's cyclone the dude spins it's a yeah. it's a spinning he-man that they're like man we have all this shit laying around we need to make another he-man guy cyclone and we go down this route with he-man all the time we have like faker yeah how many times they can market a he-man figure was actually quite smart impressive. yeah very smart saved a lot of money in the end my number three i mentioned him earlier moss man oh yeah he was a flocked figure and he smelled originally smelled like pine oil because they made that that's the effort that they put into these toys yeah so he was like locked meaning he was like fuzzy the entire character was fuzzy he basically looked like swamp thing i'm pretty sure he was straight up beast man they just I took the face from beast man and just again did a color swap yeah, i loved moss man i thought it was sweet 1985 series four series four for me i think is probably like when i was like really into them because i had every figure in series four and then they're like most of my favorites yeah. in series four some of those are so damn pricey yeah. now so my next one coming out of 83 original line going with triclops okay yeah i was like the triclops the basic figure but as a kid, I was fascinated with Cyclops. Like, yep. one eye dude. Ray Harryhausen movies. Yes. Yeah. I used to scare the shit out of me as a kid, but I was just fascinated by Triclops. Not much to him. He literally has, his head has like a green like headband yes. with one eye on it. And he's and virtually spun, almost though, naked. It? Huh? Didn't it spin? Yeah. Yeah. Because my WWE, they did a WWE Motu crossover like two or three years ago. And Which I, I was going to mention, it's awesome. I'm going to almost have the whole set. It's a fucking amazing ode to the old Motu figure. 
figures. But yeah, Triclops in the WWE set is Brett the Hitman Hart with the goggles. Okay. Pretty fucking cool. Nice. And Triclops, dude's almost naked. He has the smallest skivvy <laughs> bathing suit on. Triclops, you know why they call him Triclops? Got two balls in one eye. <laughs> Kevin, you're up next. Uh, going classic, Skeletor. Nice. Because that design, it's it's so awesome. So it, th- Wait a minute. Skeletor can't be blue, Kevin. Yes. So light blue at that. His, basically his suit was light blue or his skin, whatever it was. And then with purple. So it was light blue and purple. But one of the cool things was his face is a skull. Yeah. But like if, if you look at it for a while, you'll notice like there's a subtle green on his, like his forehead and like around his cheeks that outlines the yellow that really makes it pop. It's that green that outlines the yellow. But just on design and execution, what a great looking figure. Timeless classic. Galator's first released in 82 in series one, but there were a bunch of other ones like battle armor do you remember battle armor skeleton oh yeah the chest just it, it was like they also the, had battle armor he-man yes there were hot wheels cars where the doors still have did that yeah. yeah so it's the same technology it was like metal dragon blaster skeletor which had some like red armor and shit and the worst one terror claws yeah skeletor no he had need. just these like freddy krueger gloves basically scary kevin yeah so my number two, once again, I love these gimmicky type figures, and I'm pretty sure the Evil Horde might be my best line, because from Evil Horde, 1985, Leech. Yeah. Leech had his gimmick. He had suction cups, hands, and feet, and you could also squirt water out of his yep. mouth. Uh-huh. The inventiveness back then... Tonight, like figs nowadays, they just don't have this stuff because most figs anymore are marketed towards guys like us, older guys. Most of them like to keep it in the package. Stuff like this, they give you a reason to make sure you open yes. it up and actually play with the goddamn right. things in the shower, in the bathtub as a kid. I'm pretty damn sure I had this and I sprayed my mom down quite a bit with leech. I definitely had it. My number one. Number one. Scareglow. That's my number one, too. One of the last figures released, Series 6, 1987. But just looked really cool. So basically, again, by Series 6, they were like off the rails weird. But Scareglow was sweet. So unlike Skeletor, Skeletor was just a regular body. So yeah. just a He-Man body with a palette swap with the skeleton face. But Scareglow was a full-on, full-body skeleton. But, he was like translucent. Yeah, he was like translucent. Like, But his story his backstory, he was an alien ghost from another dimension who was summoned by Skeletor and he refused to serve Skeletor. But Skeletor basically was like, I'm not returning you to the dimension where you came from until you defeat He-Man. So he kind of always wanted revenge against Skeletor. But there was a version of the figure that had a glowing staff and then one that just had a green staff. Well, So let's do some honorable mentions. Yeah. Faker, which Jim said, Skeletor made an evil robot version of He-Man, but it's literally just He-Man painted with Skeletor's color palette. A lot of these are just E-Man. So, but see, that's what's so, so smart, smart. Is they were like, all right, we got to find a way to release 10 He-Mans without all of them just being He-Man. And they just made up these dumb stories. And that's where it all came from. Yeah. The toys came first. Yeah. You know, and then the story came after. Modulock. Series 4, 1985, was packaged as one two-headed creature, but it came with 22 pieces, and you could make it whatever you wanted. Oh, that's awesome. It was so far away from anything in the, in the line. It felt different. Everything about it was different. 
If you found this toy loose in a store, you would never, ever know it came from Masters Universe. Yeah. Ever. It had nothing to do with it. I have a couple. Cometroid. I feel bad for Cometroid. Cometroid basically looks like he has a massive cyst growing out of his stomach. Poor <laughs> bastard. And then the little animals, the smaller animals that had any type of the word orb in their name, they're just fat, circular, fucking useless animals. Yeah. I'm sorry, but they are. I had rock on. Series four, nineteen. Michael Damien. He uh, he folded into a rock. He was just bright blue and orange, right. and you could fold him up. He looked like a rock. Transformers. And then there basically was the same thing called Stone Dar. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. And then uh, Mantena. Oh, okay. I remember Mantena. He had the silhouette of a cowboy in chaps, but then his head looked like a piece of hard candy with like the wrapper on both sides and his eyes popped out. You could like, yeah. pull his eyes out of his head. Clawful. He had a giant lobster claw for one hand, <laughs> but then I wouldn't call his head a lobster. His head kind of looked like a snake. It's amazing. Fangs. Like some of these guys, they literally went into the Mattel warehouse and just fig parted out yeah. all these things. Yes. They're all mash kits. The Clawful had the armor which some of them had where you could snap it on and off. Yeah. So like a chest plate and stuff, which again, same armor for all of them. Just color swaps is one of these things where the toys were way better than this movie. Yes. And then finally, before we move on to some bad ones, one of the coolest parts of the master universe was battle cat and oh, Panthor and not the vehicles. in this movie, not in this movie, this movie ignored them. <laughs> Ignored the vehicles, uh, ignored like, you know, some of the play sets like like Skeletor didn't have that thing he was on in the movie. You couldn't have like shoved him in Rotor or something like right. that. Well, speaking of which, let's move on to the worst figures. Blade, Gwildor, and Sorod, all movie figures. None of them look like they belong to the universe. First off, I brought this up to you when we ate wings at uh, Fox News Palace. That's a bad idea when you walk into a bar and you see Fox News, you know what you're walking into. And the bartender's paying very close attention like, to it. Like intensely watching it. However, I brought up Skeletor's henchmen. Three of them look great. It looks like they were, the outfits were used in V. They ended up being used in Arena. Really good stuff. Then you have Blade, who they just said, you know what? Shove four fucking steak knives on his head and send him off to fight. He's my biggest problem because God. he does not fit this universe. If you're gonna, if you're going to introduce a new character, I can get behind that Long Island medium character. I can get behind Sorod. Blade looks Blade. like a G.I. Joe. He looks like a G.I. Joe mixed with Kano, but yeah. Dollar Tree bought. Real bad. Horrible. Fisto and Jitsu, very boring. Yeah. They're just dudes, but Fisto had a silver fist. Jitsu had gold and it was like a karate chop. They both had the karate chop motion where he pulled the arm back. Pretty bad cultural appropriation. Though. Yeah, real bad. bad. Um, King Randor and Ninjor. Oh, Ninjor. These were somehow like worse knockoffs of Fisto and Jitsu. Rotor, which Jim mentioned, he didn't even have legs. No. He was like, uh, so one of the early figures was Ram Man. Yep. Who Ram Man had no like articulation. He was just like a block, but his legs retracted into his body and you could push him down. He'd pop back pop up. Rotor's kind of like Ram Man, except he has no legs. Lieutenant Dan, you got legs. Rotor, you, got, you legs. got no legs. <laughs> Rotor, you'd like spin the bottom part on the table and let him go to yeah. the top. So there was actually another one called Twistoid, except Twistoid, you couldn't get him to spin because he was too heavy. Great. So like you made a figure that is Somebody didn't spin. do a QA test. They didn't bother. And then finally I have 
squeeze, which has three S's. He had really long arms that were curved. Like he had, he wanted to give the world a hug. He was a snake with like, you couldn't play with them. No. Because his arms were huge. Like he was tempted. Yes. By a fruit of another. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back in. Please put me down there with Skeletor. Kick me off the, into the pit. He-Man or Prince Adam. That's your real name, but nobody acknowledges. Kick me into the fucking pit. <laughs> Why is there still resistance? The people must know that I am Grayskull. I depend upon you for these things. You know that. The people wait for He-Man. They believe that he will return to lead them. For you to rule completely, he must be Critical question. Do we think big budget Masters of the Universe reboot film would work now? If so, who would you cast to play He-Man and Skeletor? I don't know if it would work anymore because granted it would be guys our age to go see the movie because I don't think He-Man holds up much weight. I mean, granted, they came out with the Netflix series, but even that was adjusted more towards our age. That was a sequel to the cartoon. Okay, so it was a sequel. Yeah. God, who could play nowadays? Let me give you mine while you think. So C-tates. I wish... That's not bad. I wish they'd remake this for a thousand reasons, but mostly just give me an awesome looking Skeletor. Like he's got to be purple yeah, and blue. Has to be. 100% give me Arnold Schwarzenegger's son from the affair, Joseph Banna. Somehow he got more of Arnold's Mr. That's Olympia right. genes. He does. Than his half brother, Patrick. Yeah, I agree. His half brother, Patrick's like a good looking dude. He's, you know, the son of Arnold and Maria Shriver. He's got more, more he's got more Shriver. He's very fit, but he's got yeah. more Shriver. Joseph Joseph Banna <laughs> Schwarzenegger is Arnold from he looks like Conan he is so give me him get old Joey some blonde hair and a sword I think he's ready to rock it and then in the spirit of casting a serious actor Skeletor since they got Frank Langella give me Daniel Day-Lewis in blue tights with a purple hood could you imagine him character acting you can't Skeletor I'm Skeletor I would love it call me him that'd be so good that'd be the greatest god I don't know who the hell would I don't know if anybody could beat that to play Skeletor Skeletor. Skeletor would be the interesting one because like He-Man, you just need a good looking kid. Idris Elba. Muscles and I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Why not? I think, I'm pretty sure every time we have one of these, you just say Idris Elba. I love Idris Elba. I'm pissed that people treated that like he wants nothing to do with Bond talk anymore because yeah. people are fucking racist assholes. I would say Vin Diesel, except for he doesn't lose in anything. <laughs> He so. doesn't lose, but he gains a lot of weight. He'd be like a fat <laughs> Skeletor <laughs> Roman. Fucking Tyrese yeah. could be Damn. man at arms. He's I, always I, hungry. Tyrese a Skeletor. Fuck yeah. I mean, all right with that. All right. Someone who could play He-Man with the muscles, dude, but dude. I don't know. Is David McCall. Hey, I'm here to try for the He-Man role. Oh I, oh, I can be Skeletor too. Listen to my voice. Look, I sound mean. Hey, He-Man, I'm going to kill you, okay? It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Okay, in my opinion, they should have not had the plot revolve around a MacGuffin. No, no. For the pool seniors who don't know what a MacGuffin is, it's an object that serves as a device for the entire narrative of a movie. MacGuffins can be great. Maltese Falcon, The Rug and Big Lebowski, Rosebud and Citizen Kane, The Briefcase and Pulp Fiction. But to base a He-Man movie around a MacGuffin that was not part of the cartoon not or backstory... It's a fucking musical instrument that opens portals. Yeah. <laughs> Your entire plot revolves around something that was ne like that there's already one of. There's two cosmic 
yes, right. Fuck off. It makes no sense. It should have been something. If they were going to do a MacGuffin, it should have been something from the cartoon or toys. Willy Wonka's flute. But then again, the movie takes place on Earth around a mall, so it's not like they were close besides the cosmic key. First off, I'm going to start right there because it wasn't even number one on my list. Landmark Mall. It's not a mall. It's yeah, literally right. a fucking neighborhood. Yeah, he's like, it's at the mall. It's like, dang, nah, mall. And the first thing I thought of when I saw this quote-unquote mall was the original Halloween 1978 when they go to the hardware store. I'm like, they're in fucking Haddonfield. Yeah. They don't go, we're going to go to the mall. You're in it. It's like going to downtown Warren. I'm at the mall. Yeah. No, you're not. It's not a <laughs> fucking mall you want me to go or i got more all right i've brought this up several times throughout this episode let's just keep the anger flowing why is he never prince adam yeah he is prince Ad- first off the only time he man should ever say i have the power and he holds the sword is to transform into he-man otherwise he's prince adam he's always prince adam not once throughout this entirety of the movie do his best friends man at arms and tila ever go hey adam yeah you think they would they're longtime friends no he's hey he-man come over here hey he-man here's the thing kevin if you were a power ranger would i go excuse me power ranger kevin right no you're kevin yes come on so do you think that was probably because they were like too confusing to the audience how is it fucking confusing? That's, I know, but that's probably some studio executive probably talked themselves into being like. Now, I understand it's Golan Globus. Yeah. They go off the rails. Superman 4. Right. What a shit box that well, was. I feel like this movie only takes five seconds to disappoint us because they show Castle Grayskull, which didn't even look like Castle Grayskull. Exactly. They at fucked the, that up. At the very least, you have five seconds in the movie. It's not the real Castle Grayskull. No. It's a drawing of Castle Grayskull. No, it's lunar generic. Yes. And it's not <laughs> Castle Grayskull. It's like, why isn't it just... I would have preferred them putting the Castle Grayskull toy on a coffee yes. table in somebody's living room yes. and go, Castle Grayskull, It would have looked better than what they did. Why are the character designs so bad? Mattel was fully involved. So why weren't Mattel like, no, absolutely not. The character doesn't look like that. Somehow Beast Man oh. looks like Grizzlor. And if they would have called him Grizzlor, I would have been like, well, they got that right. He looks yeah. good. But they probably didn't go with orange for Beast Man because they gave Gildor the orange hair. And the movie studios probably would have been like, well, if he has orange hair and he has orange hair, uh, we're gonna people are going to think they're related or confused. Beast Man is six foot eight. Gildor is four foot one. Yeah. Fuck off. I know the difference between Billy Barty and the animal who looks like it was caught in a bomb blast yeah. here's another thing gwildor why couldn't we have orko yes orko was he-man's little companion so orko is an example of how the he-man franchise was historically cheap because originally i think he was called gorko and there was a g on his chest but he-man did something famously in the cartoons where they would reuse footage as much as humanly possible oh rather definitely. than drawing it again they they would reverse the footage so they wouldn't have to draw stuff again. But with Orko, if his name was Gorko, the G would be flipped. The G would be flipped. So they changed him from Gorko to Orko so that no matter which way they flipped him, it was just an O. So how great would that be? Golan Gobus being notoriously cheap. Perfect to have Orko. Yes. He's cheap. Well, here's the thing too. Even if you did the cosmic key thing, have fucking Orko do it. Yeah. Orko as a character design is basically a gown with That's a hat. A, and the face is totally, you'll just exactly. see eyes. 
eyes. So you don't have to do the shitty prosthetics on Gwildor's face. This stuff writes itself, yeah. and they couldn't even do the basic shit. Well, uh, Gwildor and Man-at-Arms have no problem eating the Earth food. They just get to Earth, and they start eating shit. Like, if I went to Eternia, I'm I'd hungry. be afraid to eat something. They're also eating a bucket of ribs. The 80s were different, man. Uh, you could just get a bucket of ribs, not a bucket of chicken. Because no. that's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, they got a bucket of fried chicken. No, it's a bucket of ribs. That Quildor used some sort of hand claw maneuver while two people were making out in the back of a oh, Chrysler. I think I just threw up in and my mouth. And Tila wanted to throw up because she's the animal flesh. Wow. I didn't even know she was Man-at-Arms' daughter. Daughter-at-Arms. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, so Kevin somehow knows how to play this cosmic key yeah. that he thought was a Japanese synthesizer. What is that? Whoa. Well, Julie, be careful. Yeah, look at this thing. Whoa, that is incredible. What is it? I don't know. It's the one with the dropped it. Oh, dropped it? Are you kidding? Look at the size of that hole. It's, it's like it fell out of the sky or something. <laughs> no, this is one of those new Japanese synthesizers. Here, let me try it. How do you just randomly pick up something that clearly made a crater yeah. that you, both of you assume, fell from space? Yes. Do you instantaneously pick it up and be like, that's so fucking cool. First off, we are somewhat believed, I mean, we are led to believe that Kevin is in maybe like a bar band. Maybe, you know, he's he's gonna, he's about ready to make it. No, he plays in a fucking high school yeah, band. Right. He, he plays the keyboard in a high school band. Well, yet somehow Gwildor says near the very end that they were meant to be there because he's the songwriter. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Why were they? At what time was any of this supposed to happen for them to show up in 1987 Earth to get another cut? First off, motherfucker, you made one. You should have held on to it. You made another one. You end up in 1987 Earth. And then you go, oh, we were meant to be here because you, Robert Duncan McNeil, are the songwriter. You're to everything. What world? Why? What? What? It's like put Grayskull on a table. It's like Avengers. It's like Doctor Strange is like, there's one way. Oh and my! This is the one way. Is this is Highlander. Yes. Julie blames herself for her parents dying in a plane crash. I was gonna bring this up. Why is this a necessary addition to the plot? It doesn't add anything to the movie about swords and sorcery and interdimensional travel through portals. You just have a character that you're like, well, God, we got to give her something. She can't just be a, a high school girl. Dead parents. How? Plane crash happens all the time. Happens all the time. <laughs> I never told anyone this before. But it's my fault they died. Julie, come on. It was a plane crash. Those things just happen. That's what I don't get to. So Julie decides at the very beginning of the movie where he, we meet her at the Red Barn of Ribs. I'm breaking up with Kevin. We've talked about it. I'm getting out of this town. I'm starting fresh. All right, good on you. You saved your money up. Well done. Job well done. Proud of you, Julie. Employee of the month. But Charlie's music store at the mall. Yeah. That's not a fucking mall. She sees an image of her mom. Yeah. Parents have been dead for like two years. Yes. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, she's alive. I love that. This is one of the greatest 80s movie tropes. What? She's been dead for years. And all of a sudden your mom's alive and she hasn't aged a day and you believe that shit? That's great. Oh, why didn't He-Man have sex with Julie? Uh, he could have. He should have. He had the power. Skeletor's stormtroopers. Most of the action in this movie 
revolves around laser guns. They missed the mark so much. It's, it's bad. They just, those uniforms had to have come from somewhere else. It and, looks like they put add-ons to Darth Vader helmets they bought yeah. in excess. There's just so much like laser gun battles. Here's the thing. 500 of them jump into that music store. Mm-hmm. A ton of them. They're wall to wall. Man at Arms throws the shittiest grenade I've ever seen. <laughs> and it literally takes five seconds to detonate. It clearly only kills two people. Yeah. Kills everybody and destroys. The only thing Charlie cares about in that store is my keyboards are destroyed. Yeah. Your whole fucking store is destroyed. I'm loving this movie. Kevin, what do you got? Last thing I'll say, insane, biggest piece of logic. Lubick stays in Eternia. Well, Lubick, look at you. <laughs> so you're really going to stay here, huh? What are you kidding? What am I going to go back there for? And look what I got here. I got, I got a castle. I got a view. I got clean air. I got a beautiful woman. Huh? Some kind of retirement, huh? Does this not like fuck with time? The whole movie. Yeah, exactly. The whole movie. Lubick's like, somebody's got to tell me what's going on. Something like what's happening. Something. Yeah. And then Lubick helps them because he, he like, they force him to get pulled through the portal. And then it's like, well, at one point they hold him hostage yes. at gunpoint, which man, right. he can't do. He's a cop. But then when Lubick helps save the day in Eternia, he's like, what am I going to go back for? I got a beautiful woman. I got clean air. Here's the thing too. It comes across like when after the battle of Charlie's band at the mall, it comes across to me when Lubick gets everybody there and like in mass from the force. I feel like nobody on the force likes him because he makes up all these cockamamie stories. Yes. Where are these guys, Lubick? What about the 30 fucking dead guys mm. that are in the music store? I can't wait to see the Unsolved Mysteries episode on Lubick. Update. If anyone has any information on, on what happened. On Hugh Lubick. On Hugh Lubick. <laughs> <laughs> I want the sequel, the opening shot of the sequel. I hope there was like a milk carton picture. I went forward to say they saw 30 Darth Vader's at a music <laughs> store. Is it then, real? Yeah. Or have like, Jonathan Frakes go beyond belief fact or fiction. Yeah. All right. What is the legacy of this movie? Ah. The Brandon DiCamillo Skeletor and Beastman rap is better than this movie. Oh, by far. Shake your ass. Come on, Beastman. Take your 34 off. Why can't it's beautiful? Bitch, well then, whack me off. So good i used to watch that all the time this was the somewhat popular so there was she-ra there were reboots of power there were there were reboots there were spin-offs toys were re-released in all sorts of shapes and sizes comic books so the franchises continued to move yeah but this movie is is probably the biggest sore spot which doesn't always happen that the no. movie is like everything else is good. The movie is terrible. I like to think drugs were responsible for the 1990 reboot, the new adventures of He-Man. Yeah. If you ever look into that, it's He-Man bad. just looks like a dude. Like he doesn't have any The figures were not yeah, great. They're real bad. Kevin Smith made a Netflix series in 2021 called Masters of Universe Revelation which great is, figures. is a sequel to the original cartoon He-Man and the Masters Universe, which I'm going to watch. I've heard mixed things. We got shit on a lot. But it did get renewed for for another season. Cool. So it, uh, I'm going to watch it. Plus, I, guess. I trust Kevin Smith because he knows how great source material is. Yes. He right. gets it. I totally am okay with him I'm doing it. And then a film reboot slash remake has actually been in some form of development since 2007. So Noah Centineo was cast as He-Man, but whoever that is, he was in three or four Netflix rom-coms. Oh, great. I think he could put on the muscle. I think he could do it. But yeah, I think it probably would have been wrong. I don't know. He's just too young. In 2021, he was no longer attached. 
And last year it was announced that Kyle Allen was cast as He-Man. Whoa. Kyle Allen looks like Heath Ledger. Like he looks like a Heath Ledger doppelganger. He looks exactly like yeah. him. And that includes having the same slight build. So Kyle is going to need to gain about 130 plus pounds of pure muscle. Jesus. Or I'm going to pass on Kyle as He-Man. Here's a go. Here's a floater. I'll throw the name out there. Joel Kinnaman as He-Man. Michael Jai White. Okay. He meant to be older. We need him as Prince Adam, too. Yes. We need He's got to be a little older. I don't know. Rule of thumb for me is usually things that are in development for 16 years don't turn out so great. Yeah, we're done here. But Kyle Allen as He-Man, I'm like, is he going to be vegan He-Man? Like, is he going to be Well, they don't eat animal flesh in Eternia. Yeah. Is Lubick going to be in this movie? I don't know. Stick around for some plugs. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode and continuing to listen to all of our back catalog shows right here on the pool scene podcast don't forget as always like comment subscribe rate and follow apple spotify podbean podbay and whatever podcasting platform you listen to we are there make sure you like and follow us on facebook and instagram and now our new threads account we are jumping ship we are going with the tide everybody check us out over there for very special exclusive things just the same on our pool seniors group on facebook the exclusive way to hear it first and get ready for our twitch account at pool scene podcast as well for all of our fun watch along content if you guys want to donate to the show contribute any which way you can it's on the top of our link tree page l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash pool scene podcast whatever you guys can throw us we greatly appreciate it and it will help contribute your ideas to this very podcast we love each and every one of you as we continue to go on through this monumental journey of fun and entertainment and now as always back to kevin final app guy do you have the power yeah the final lap Okay, so speaking of social media and where to find us, I'm calling on pool sceners out there to give us blue sky invites. Hell yes, please. Because, so I've said in the past, I love Twitter because I don't read a newspaper. I don't read, I don't go to msnbc.com. I get my news on Twitter like most modern people. But I hate Twitter because I think, I think if I got off Twitter, it would contribute so much to my like mental well-being. Yeah. Because it is just, there's, it's such a hellscape. Everyone gets an opinion. Today, I saw conspiracy theorists who are saying that the atomic bomb, that radiation isn't harmful, that it wasn't real. Like, okay, go stand by there, one. Yeah, exactly. Like, go the, ahead. there are more than welcome. There to. are conspiracy theorists for literally everything. Like, there's the joke about birds being cameras. Like, birds aren't real, they're cameras. Yeah. But then there are people who actually believe that. At that point then let me push you in a reactor let's just yeah. fucking do it so blue skies by invite only right now but it's basically twitter without elon musk fucking everything uh, yeah because that was great this past weekend as you're trying to scan through twitter yeah. that everybody's like is twitter broken well no he capped shit well he announced that he capped shit but in actuality i think he just made that up on the fly because he fucked it up was it something to do with the google servers yeah. it was on yeah. it was maxed out it was some, yeah or he's it not was, paying yeah and then there launching i think the day after we record this i don't know for everybody or just like a beta is an app
app called Threads, which is uh, Instagram and Facebook's version of Twitter. Zuck versus Elon in the metaverse. Yes. So this is one thing I saw, and we've talked about this briefly in the past, and it's kind of upsetting. So Disney Plus has removed original sci-fi movie Crater after only 48 days on the service due to budget cuts. That's a tax scam. I fucking hate this shit. And it's constant. And of course, it's a tax break because they figured they can recoup the money because a lot of people weren't watching it. But this seems to be the trend now with streaming services, just taking shit off or filming entire movies and just not showing them. And it's getting absolutely frustrated. And it's to the point where at this rate, I'm fine with physical media. It should stay around. Yes. Because say if I wanted to see this movie creator, can't now, it's gone permanently because there's no other way to watch it. I'm so sick of streaming cuts. Companies, fucking all of us in limiting most of these movies or tax scamming it. It's I, not right to the actors I, and it's not right to us who exactly. are paying for the service. I don't care if it's Masters Universe quality. I don't yeah. care if it's the biggest pile of shit. If you hired a director, you know, gaffers, like whoever, audio yeah. engineers, actors, you owe it to them to give them an audience for their work. Yeah. And like, I was just talking a couple weeks ago about the, the horrible where the actor left Greece, right? of the pink ladies. And they just Photoshopped his face onto a different actor. They just gutted that show too. They, as soon as that show ended, they canceled it and they removed it from existence. Yep. Gone. So I watched Perry Mason on HBO, a great show and they canceled it. But I'm afraid now that it's going to get just like, because there's no physical media anymore. So well, it's like, like Star Trek prodigy just got shit canned and, and it's been getting getting huge reviews. I'm not much of an animated guy, but I want to watch because most of the stuff on there is canon, but Paramount Plus said we're removing it from the service. Luckily, you can still get it on physical media, but they said there's also a chance that somebody else can pick it up, but what if they don't? You're screwed. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of things that may or may not be good, Tom Hanks has signed on for Big Two. It sounds as though this time... It's personal. (laughs) This time, Josh Baskin gets retribution. Uh, There doing adult Josh gets to become a kid again. Okay. So a lot of people are already questioning the strategy because they're like, you're going to get Tom Hanks to sign onto this movie, but then most of the movie is going to revolve around a child actor. So wait a minute. So he became a kid again at the end of Big. So somehow he becomes a... Okay, so he, he grows, grows up, up to become an adult. Elizabeth Perkins has to be in this movie then, right? I don't know. It would make sense. And then they meet up and she decides... I'm going to be a kid with you. Then that negates the fact that she willingly slept with a child in giant form. I don't know what the idea is. If Tom, I mean, I like to think Tom Hanks, most of his stuff's pretty good. He doesn't do a lot of stinkers. If he does, he does flyers out there. Like that auto movie is kind of a flyer. Asteroid city. I'm curious about Wes Anderson. I think everybody, you saw everybody else that's in that. Yeah. Yeah, But like, I I don't, Tom Hanks usually doesn't sign on to things unless they're pretty okay. He doesn't do cash grabs. Yes. So like the fact, that he would put his name and, and attach himself to Big Two. That script must be pretty good. Is it going to be a Ron Howard thing? I don't know. We'll have to uh, look into I'm it I'm curious. More. What do you think? It just got announced like 16 hours ago. I wonder if he ends up mentioning it like ever to like his mom or something like, hey, this happened. Only person I ever knew was Billy and what's her name? Big came out in what year? 80? 88. 88. So we are 20, 35, 35 years later. after. So that makes Josh. So he was like. That doesn't make sense either. He was 13. So he'd be 48. Tom Hanks is a lot older than 48. Tom Hanks is in his 60s. So he's going to play so, 48 years well, old. There were also people speculating. They were like. 
if he's a kid again, you've got to use the same kid, but except he doesn't exist uh, as a kid. He gained 35 years, yeah. so he's 43. So they were like, I hope we don't try to de-age, use uh, like de-aging technology or something. Please, no more de-aging stuff. I, no, it doesn't look please. good. Please. Well, something that was good, and speaking of TV, and something that's, that's not going to get canceled, season two of The Bear, so great. Season one, one of the most like tense. If you don't like like stressful, like anxiety things, The Bear, it, it's like for... I, asked him if he had seen uncut nope, gems I'm not. Uh, uncut gems is like two hours of like oh my god i'm like you gotta fix this it's just yeah. it winds you up so much the bear does that in all of season one and then season two does it in a completely new way in season one it's like the stuff in the kitchen it's like everything's stressful because it's just the kitchen it's just noises and people and everything season two is like you spend an entire season waiting for the shoe to drop because everything's seemingly going okay and uh what great Great characters, great show, great concept. I highly recommend The Bear for everyone. You can stream it on Hulu, both seasons. I liked it. So I think next week we're going to go on a ride. Oh, we are. And, Proverbial uh, ride. Yes. But Hopefully it's a safe one. There's not a crack in it. Yeah, that would be great. But until then, good journey. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor.